everybody, welcome to episode 27 of the Throughball Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bidemi Ologunde. On this podcast, my brother Akiola Ologunde and I present global news, updates, rumors, and in-depth analysis of the game of football, also popularly known as soccer. Today on the show, I'll be analyzing the possible impact that the other kind of football, namely American football, will have on the 2026 FIFA World Cup that will be jointly hosted by the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So on June 16, FIFA announced the host cities for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. As soon as that announcement was made, it became clear that another governing body would almost certainly shape that tournament above all others. And that's namely the National Football League, NFL, which is in charge of American football, the other kind of football. So three years after FIFA approved the joint bid by the United States, Mexico and Canada, it confirmed that all 11 American cities where games will be played are NFL buildings, including New York, Boston, Seattle and Los Angeles. Nashville in the state of Tennessee and the Washington DC area were among the more surprising markets to be left out. FIFA president Gianni Infantino said all the cities have done a fantastic job, but they had to make tough decisions. But then of course, those tough decisions were irrevocably shaped by the rich and financial might of NFL teams whose owners have come to see the hosting of FIFA World Cup games as a major prize. So FIFA did not announce which cities would receive knockout games, but the focus now will turn to lobbying for the final match of the tournament. According to people familiar with FIFA's thinking, two venues are in a prime position. The MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, which is home to the NFL's New York Jets and New York Giants, as well as the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. In 2019, when the three countries were bidding for the tournament, the organizing committee proposed New Jersey for the final and Dallas for one of the two semifinals alongside Atlanta. The inclusion of SoFi Stadium, which is the $5 billion palace built by Los Angeles Rams owner Stan Kroenke, surprised some insiders who predicted that issues with the size of the field could present problems. FIFA inspectors had some early concerns with SoFi. Among them was the size of the pitch. The venue as it stands is a bit too cramped to accommodate the FIFA-mandated footprint for a football field and the array of installations that need to go around it at a World Cup including camera positions and advertising displays. Moreover, making enough room could require millions of dollars worth of refurbishment, a task made more difficult by the stadium's unique design. It's built inside a bowl below ground level. So plans to retrofit the stadium to accommodate FIFA's needs were ultimately hashed out and agreed upon by the two sides, according to someone who is familiar with the matter. Whether SoFi Stadium gets games late in the tournament is still a question, which may simply boil down to its location on the West Coast. FIFA is not inclined 
to repeat the experiment of organizing a World Cup final in the Pacific time zone, as it did with the men's tournament back in 1994 and the women's tournament in 1999, which were both played at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. So for a global audience, FIFA would rather not go west of the central time zone. That requirement would boost the case for Dallas, or at least not harm it. The AT&T Stadium faces many of the same issues around pitch size as the SoFi Stadium in California. However, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones earned plenty of credit with organizers by promising to spend whatever was necessary to comply with FIFA's request. The event couldn't be any more different from the last time the tournament was hosted in the United States in 1994. Back then, the FIFA World Cup was a 24-team event that required just nine venues. All nine of them were either college or NFL stadiums from Soldier Field in Chicago to the now-demolished Silver Dome near Detroit, Michigan. To an extent, all the choices were obvious at a time when FIFA viewed the United States as an emerging market in the days before the Major League Soccer, MLS. So now fast forward three decades later, the US is not just primed for football, it is now one of the world's largest consumers of the sport. Networks pay top dollar for broadcasting rights, European leagues have entered the mainstream of American sports, and the MLS now boasts 28 football clubs. So understandably, the hosting rights for 2026, with an expanded field of 48 teams, were hotly contested by markets that have organic football followings. The major cosmopolitan cities were back, but this time, others that have embraced MLS were also in the hunt, with the final list including Kansas City and Seattle. Others that made the cut included Houston, Miami, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Boston at the New England Patriots Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. So outside the United States, the tournament will visit three cities in Mexico, which are Monterrey, Mexico City, and Guadalajara, and then two cities in Canada, which are Vancouver and Toronto. So to wrap up, on this episode, I analyzed the possible impact that the other kind of football, namely American football, will have on the 2026 FIFA World Cup that will be jointly hosted by the United States, Mexico, and Canada. So that's all I have for this episode 27 of the Throughball Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Throughball Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alomunle Productions. Production, editing, and fact-checking by Akiola and Bidemio Logunde. Audio engineering and graphic design by Bidemio Logunde. Please join us again on the next episode as we continue with deep dives on football news, updates, rumors, and analysis. Make sure you subscribe to the Throughball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone who you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to throughball10 at gmail.com. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. 
see you on the next episode bye for now <laughs>